0: Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at ProdLeisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always is my father, Tim Floyd.
1: Yes, thanks, Will. Great to be with you again.
0: Uh, So we are going to kind of start our off-season program in earnest uh, because we're not in the playoffs. That's why we're it, it
1: is the off season for the Braves, yes. even if it's not for a handful of other teams. And by we, the way, some pretty interesting October baseball, but other people can focus on that. We're gonna focus right. on the Braves,
0: right? Um Although I need to look up, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe in last night's Cubs Nats game, the Cubs reached in sequence with a hit by pitch, and I think a catcher's interference pass ball on a third strike and then some other crazy thing, which was the first time in baseball references, play index history, which is like 2 million something innings that that ever happened.
1: Yeah. And and the inning included a bloop single and an right. infield single. And, um, you know, all this off Max Scherzer too, by the way. Right. So Fascinating In
0: relief. Game. yeah, He's not one of the better relievers in baseball.
1: Um, <laughs> obviously not,
0: <laughs> but, uh, I, I, hate the Nats enough to take some joy out of them being eliminated.
1: Oh, me too. Uh, I, I will never pull for the Washington Nationals, so yes, I'm, I'm happy with that result.
0: <laughs> I feel like I would I, loathe the Nationals, even if they weren't in our division, for leaving Montreal.
1: Yeah, th- th- there are lots of other problems. Um, right, but I'm Jeffrey saying there's Loria's a fundamental root. I mean, that, which was what yeah. that was all about back then, but yeah.
0: There's a fundamental root before all the things that make me hate the Nats otherwise. Like well before they drafted Bryce Harper, well before they had battles with the Braves. So I, anyway, um,
1: I used to like the Expos, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were I kind mean, of fun.
1: They were, they were, they, you know, they were a rival, but I, I, a lot of interesting players, kind of a fun team, but not the Nationals.
0: Um, but we talked. On the last other hand, week, the
1: Nationals right now are a lot better than our Atlanta Braves. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, although neither team is playing anymore.
1: That's true. Uh, but the season's over for both.
0: Last week we went into quite a bit of detail and speculation about what's going on with the Braves front office, uh, John Coppolella's dismissal, firing, resignation, whatever that was. Who might be next? What it might mean? And I have to say, in the week since we last talked, there's been like nothing going on.
1: Yeah, there's been silence. A fair amount of speculation a week ago. If we said anything more today, it would just be even more speculation. There's really much news coming out. I mean, it's kind of ominous to think about what the consequences are coming up. For, I mean, in terms of consequences for the Braves, like losing players, that sort of thing. But we'll, we'll just deal with that when it comes up.
0: So what we're going to do today is discuss the 2017 season in review. We would have done that last week, but then John Capolola went and got himself fired. Uh, and now
1: we've got another week's worth of perspective to look back sure. on the season. Not that I've given it any thought in the last week, but we've had another week to do that. There are
0: various views you can have it. You know, with some perspective, though, I'm not sure that the Braves were that much worse than either of us really thought they'd be.
1: Oh, I think they were In they were fact. close to spot on with what we thought they would be. We thought they were mid to upper 70s win team. Turns out they were a low 70s win team. That's within margin of error. You make these kind of predictions. They were essentially the team we thought. Obviously, some, some positions and some players were better than we projected, and some weren't nearly as good. Right. <laughs> so I would say we'll it talk
0: about. as they were the quality of team we expected, but the shape of it was very different. Yep, exactly. Uh, And, you know, it's probably always best to think of a season beginning actually in November when you start making roster moves and transactions. Right. And this team actually set a tone uh, by signing R.A. Dickey on November 10th of 2016.
1: I certainly did not remember that's when it was, but yeah. Um,
0: And then one week later...
1: They made in the offseason, were in the starting pitchers they went after, uh-huh. right?
0: Well, and then November 17th, they decided that one 40-something pitcher who used to be a Cy Young candidate <laughs> was not enough, and they signed Bartolo Colon.
1: Yeah, and, and on those two, you could say they probably were batting five hundred. Yeah,
0: well, and it, they didn't expect either of them to be Cy Young candidates anymore. So Dickey worked out. He threw uh, a lot of innings. He's a knuckleballer. He's been around the block. He was pretty good, not great. At times he was really good, at times he was bad. More,
1: He's football. not a guy you'd want in the rotation of a team contending for October, but he's a guy who could give you innings and not embarrass you and at least have an ERA in the fours, Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the other 40-something.
0: Bartolo Colon, on the other hand, was a disaster, but more on that in a second. Um, but then the Braves made... I, Reviewing this was helpful because the trades the Braves made in the offseason last year were kind of remarkable. Uh,
1: Refresh my memory.
0: <laughs> November 28th traded Max Post and Robert Whelan to the Seattle Mariners. Received a player to be named later and Alex Jackson. Later, yeah. that became Tyler Pike. I'm still happy with that trade. Let's see what oh, Alex Jackson yeah. does, but I don't know. Post or Whalen do enough to make you think very oh, high
1: upside on Alex Jackson. I think he he was a big unknown coming in because he had the, the, obviously the Mariners had basically given up on the guy, certainly given up as a catcher and didn't assume he had much of a future. And he may not have a future, but it was certainly intriguing that the year he put together offensively mm-hmm. and he played a lot of catcher. So if he could stick as a catcher and hit anything like he did this year, I mean that that would turn out to be a great trade. Lots Actually, if is. he could
0: just hit in the majors like he did in the minors this year, he's a major leaguer no matter right. where he's got to be.
1: Um, True, but he's got a hell of a lot more value as a catcher than as a left fielder. Right, but it's not like problem.
0: a guy who had a low on-base percentage and hit a handful of home runs. He really
1: hit. Yeah, yeah, the guy's a hitter. That's
0: yeah, he and he's not a walker, though, pick, I should not not say that.
1: Not long ago, yeah.
0: Um, then on December 1st, the Braves traded Luke Dykstra, Chris Ellis, and John Gant to St. Louis for Jaime Garcia. Yeah. Did you remember any of the guys that were traded for
1: Garcia? No. I knew I, th- there were lots of people that, that they got rid of in the last offseason. I didn't remember particularly any player who went for any other player. So, those obviously nobody the Braves really cared about for the future mm-hmm. for one more veteran starting pitcher whose job it was to not be terrible and pitch a fair number of innings. And that one sort of worked out.
0: Uh, and then one that looks like it's working out even better. January 11th, 2017, traded Shea Simmons and Malik Smith to the Mariners, once again involved with them, for Thomas Burroughs and Luis Gohara.
1: Yeah, and and at least as of right now, that looks like the the biggest deal of the offseason, maybe by far, because Gohara um, was a revelation this year. I think he's already been named the Braves Minor League Pitcher of the Year. Mm-hmm. He went up from A ball to AAA, and then ended up in the big leagues and looked very good even as a big leaguer. Um, and as what like a 21 year old who consistently throws a fastball with his left hand in the upper 90s, um, that the guy could be excellent.
0: He will have or, a major league career. He is guaranteed that already.
1: Yeah, and. Yeah. Anybody that throws that hard with their left hand, at least, will pitch a long time as a bullpen piece. But obviously, the hope is he's a lot more than that. Um, he could be a top of the rotation starter. He may not be, but man, that the potential on that guy is more than anybody they've gotten in a long time by trade, at least.
0: And we should note that Malik and, Smith and was traded. As much as we love Malik,
1: <laughs> that's but
0: um, he was a Seattle Mariner for like 20 minutes. Right. He was instantly traded to the Tampa Bay Rays and. I mean, he played for them. Is that a wrong way to say it? He wasn't say, bad. He wasn't good either. He hit 270. I say I
1: love Malik Smith. I never had any illusions that Malik Smith would be an, you know, an all-star outfielder. Um, and, you know, he, he he could have turned out to be Ender Arte, but we already have him. And he may right. never get to be that, so...
0: And you know what he turned out to be this year? Who? <laughs> he turned out to be a guy who hit 270 with no secondary skills. I mean, he can run. Um, right. But so that kind of set up along with uh, some other minor free agent signings. Uh, Sean Rodriguez was signed in November. Uh, I guess I should mention Lane Adams was signed as a minor league free agent in December because he played yeah. a lot. They also got no, Emilio no Bonifacio and Eric O'Flaherty back the time, on the team. But
1: that one actually turned out pretty good, too.
0: I like how you talked over me trying to give you a conniption fit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they brought back Emilio Bonifacio and Eric Flaherty, And I'm actually bringing this up because, to me, those are signs that you really don't want to rush this rebuild.
1: It, th- those are signs that you don't give a damn about competing <laughs> this season at all. To, to think about uh, Emilio Bonifacio not only being a major league bench option for you, but for a good chunk of the early part of the season, he was the number one bench bat. Uh, anytime they had a pinch, needed a pinch hitter in a crucial situation, they turned to Emilio. Um, that was the most infuriating thing. Um, and you can't be, you can't possibly believe that guy could be productive in the major leagues at this point. On the other <laughs> Not hand, that he was ever very good.
0: But when Sean Rodriguez was in a car accident, and actually the kind of car accident where it's amazing he survived and only needed shoulder surgery, the Braves were able to put together a package to go and get Brandon Phillips, which seems like. A move you make to not be atrocious, right. unlike um, signing whatever Bonifacio and EOF are now.
1: Yeah, signing Brandon Phillips, who, who again was sort of a pleasant surprise, not that it really matters in the long run, um, but was an indication that they, they weren't ready to finish last this year. They mm-hmm. also weren't ready to, to win you know, 85-plus games. <laughs> I think their plan going into the year was to win in the high 70s or 80s. And if you got really lucky, you know, you'd know you win in the 80s. But they didn't put together a roster that had any kind of realistic chance of competing for the postseason, which is, I'm, I'm not complaining about that because you'd have to have traded more of your high-end prospects to get there. Um, I don't think there were other free agents they were missed out on that would have made that difference. But, oh. but again, looking back, they, they weren't really serious about being a competitive team this year. They just didn't want to finish last. <laughs> Which and
0: didn't. I missed one free agent signing, I think, because, of course, we got Kurt Suzuki, which was the yeah, best transaction I mean, we we'll might have made. Talk
1: um, about pleasant surprises. That's probably number one on the list. But going into that.
0: the season, then, things were actually like remarkably well set, looking at the lineups. And as said before, this wasn't a team that anyone would have planned to be... Fighting to stay out of last place, which honestly
1: they weren't. Although
0: then again, the Phillies were terrible.
1: But, yeah, they, they weren't in serious danger of finishing last, mainly because the Phillies, you know, were were so bad. Whatever. Um, I, I, I hate to even talk about the Phillies being bad. If and then, if you look at the record that Braves had against the Phillies this year, you but, have to wonder. But they, they were clearly um, ahead of the Anyway, Phillies the, the, the point year. I was going to make about this year is, I guess that's what you were saying. They weren't fully committed to the rebuild and go with youth. They could have decided, Ozzy Albies is our second baseman, they could have decided we're going to call up more of these young pitchers and not sign the free agent veterans, and they didn't. They, wanted, they weren't ready to, to push it because the, the young guys weren't ready
0: Yeah, um, well, and, and
1: to put a decent product on the field, but also I suppose to, um, to for the long-term future of those prospects to give them more seasoning in the minor league. So this was always going to be kind of a stopgap year. I mean, and we knew so that going in. The opening when, when day you're talking lineup about Brandon Phillips and yeah. those three veteran starting pitchers.
0: But I what I kinda want to do is talk about the high points and low points quickly and then think about how the team changed. Because the right. opening day lineup was Tyler Flowers, Freddie Freeman, Brandon Phillips, Adonis Garcia, Dansby Swanson, Matt Kemp, Ender Inciarte, and Nick Marcakis. Right. In the opening five games, the pitchers, and then they would keep going like this, were Julio Teheran, Bartolo Colon, Jaime Garcia, Mike Fultonavitz, R.A. Dickey. Right. Also, early on, it looked like Tyler Flowers and Kurt Suzuki would have a timeshare pretty solidly. Yeah. So, that was your team. Um... On the bench were Jace Peterson, Emilio Bonifacio, and Chase Darnot, and now thinking about it there was no need to have all three of those guys on your bench
1: they're basically uh, the, the, same the, the worst bench in the history of baseball I, I, I can't verify that by going looking at every other team that ever had a bench but my gosh that was that was horrendous you're right and they were three kind of the same player fair amount of positional versatility and no offense whatsoever of any of the three of them
0: and like, would, like so you, you can't even say one of them was slightly to. better of power they were all so bad offensively they just were zeros Um, Chase Darno was the handsomest and plays guitar.
1: Uh, Peterson has a lot going for him in life, but being a major league hitter is not one of them.
0: Emilio Bonifacio had the best career.
1: He actually has had a career for a long time as a major leaguer. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how. But
0: But none of these guys say, oh, you're doing great this year. But there was reason for hope at the start of the year, which I want us to not forget.
1: Yeah, I want to quibble with you a little bit. The hope I had at the beginning of the year was, well, they're in this new ballpark, and with some of these veterans, uh, and if Matt Kemp really can be like he was at the end of yes. the year before, um, they, they, could, they could push the for one. a 500 record if everything goes right. That's not exactly hopeful. The hope was always, even before the season started, that they have the best farm system in baseball, yes. which had only improved in the off season with a couple of those trades you're talking about.
0: You're forgetting so that they had the odds-on favorite for rookie of the year. Oh
1: yes, okay. <laughs> that 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 was part of the hope was that um, you know Dansby Swanson had had a fantastic August and September of the year before. He was like one plate appearance shy of losing his rookie eligibility. Mm-hmm. So I, you're right. In most most votes by folks at the early, nationally um, before the season started, he was the preseason rookie of the year. That didn't work out, did it? Uh,
0: no, I mean he hit three hundred and two with a three hundred and sixty-one on base and a four hundred and forty-two slugging in his short time in twenty sixteen. That's a great performance for a shortstop who can handle the position.
1: Man, you, you take that for a season. Of course, he's yep. rookie of the year. Now so, there, there were there were some hell of a rookie performances this year, so that's a different question. But if, if right. he had hit this past year as he did in August September of the year before, uh, hell, he's an all star.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> but you know the. As you mentioned, the plan was probably to win in the high 70s and hope you get lucky. And you think Julio Tehran, maybe not quite a Cy Young candidate, but a very good pitcher. Fulte takes Bye. a step forward. Yep. Cologne and Garcia and Dickey hold the fort down for a little bit. That was the plan. You have an MVP candidate in Freddie Freeman. You have a gold glover and solid leadoff man at the top of your lineup in Ender Inciarte. The veterans don't fall apart.
1: That was precisely the plan. You described that quite well. And part of the reason for that, again, is this is a long-term rebuild project, but they also went into the new stadium this year. And they really didn't want to be a last-place team. They wanted people to be excited about coming to the ballpark. They had to put a semi-competitive team on the field. And, And given that as your goals, that roster made some sense. Although again, I'll say that bench made no sense. Uh, the bullpen didn't make a lot of sense when Eric O'Flaherty is part of it. Um, but anyway, no, but uh, there, there were lot there were there were more disappointments than there were pleasant surprises in that bunch that you just went through. That's that's the problem going forward. There are always gonna be disappointments. There are always gonna be pleasant surprises. Um, but the former outweighed the latter for the Braves this year. And there were
0: some disasters that were just like unpleasant <laughs> right. surprises. Yeah. Uh but you know, when you think about the way the team performed, in the month of April they were ten and thirteen, in May they were twelve and sixteen. They were positioned in a way to really say, Okay, this this team is on track to be in the high 70s, maybe someone gets hot, maybe something changes, and also through the opening part of the season, you knew what needed to be changed. Dansby yep. needed to be changed, and the rotation needed to change.
1: And yeah, there wasn't much they could do him. about Dansby, though. I mean, they weren't going to send Dansby down because he had a, a cold April and May. I mean, eventually they sent him down because it didn't get better. Because he had through a cold. Um, three quarters the rotation, of the season. Obviously, Cologne was, was so much worse than anybody could possibly have thought I mean to be fair you and I I think both said preseason last year at some point he's going to show his age (laughs) Um, and man did he ever all of a sudden he fell off a cliff um, I think my phrasing was that he
0: will look like a fat 40 plus pitcher and you know what you expect fat 40 plus pitchers to do you expect them to go out there and have an 814 ERA 'Cause well, it's really hard to be a major league pitcher, especially if you're unathletic and old.
1: Yeah, the Braves didn't I mean they stuck with him. Some people said they stuck with him too long. I don't, I don't blame him for that. I mean he had been he'd been a good pitcher for the Mets the last couple of years. Um and remember but kept he kept having
0: these decent starts like every third start.
1: Right. He, well, the the problem with Cologne is, you know, what he threw was a mid to upper eighties fastball and not much else, but with absolute pinpoint control and changing speeds, um, you know, that'll get Major League hitters out. But you have to have absolute pinpoint control if he loses any of command on that pitch.
0: And uh, he did not. But, you know, Dansby Swanson being a disappointment was coupled with Adonis Garcia being terrible and then injured.
1: Adonis Garcia wasn't a disappointment to anybody who had been following. He was exactly what you'd expect he'd be. He was never going to be a major league starting player, and right? Yet he started a hell of a lot of games for the Braves. Um,
0: but also, um, Ender Inciarte was not quite himself. Freddie Freeman got on. injured, and yet the Braves, at the halfway point of the well, the All Star break, were three games below 500 and improving.
1: Yeah, and, and then at one point they were actually 45 and 45, if I remember right. Yes. So, so this team, um, you're you're right that. Not, not anything all that obvious. got better after April and May, but they did what you were saying at the end of May. They were like, you know, eight or nine games under five hundred, and they had a really good June and early July. Um, I, I never believed they were actually contenders, but when you got two wild cards, you know, if you're in, if you're at five hundred in July, if you're only ten games over five hundred um, by the end of the season, you might have a shot at a wild card.
0: And if you think about how they got there, the pitching staff never really improved. Uh, no, it really didn't um, Dancy Swanson didn't improve, but Young Camargo I mean,
1: the, the, gave a jolt. the five that you're talking about didn't it? That, that changed dramatically when they started You know, bringing up some other young well, pitchers Right.
0: This What I'm talking about is oh, like you're about up
1: to the All-Star break yeah, In
0: and early July So Same thing The bullpen quit imploding in drastic ways Because that got sorted out By the aforementioned right. Eric O'Flaherty Not pitching anymore one Right. Uh, and two other guys just not doing it as much uh, there was also uh, the first real exciting new young pitcher came up in Sean Newcomb who right. was solid from the start uh, Dansby Swanson still wasn't hitting Freddie Freeman went out and the Braves pulled possibly the best trade of the last few years in some ways by trading Juan Yepes, who I don't think they had any plans for for Matt Adams on May 20th
1: yeah, that, that was a remarkably successful trade, only in the short run. It's not yeah. going to be a huge trade in the long run. We might even forget about it because it, it, it's not going to make that much difference in Whatever. the future. But it was really remarkable that Freeman, who was having – he was the best hitter in baseball when he broke his wrist. I mean, there, there, he his, yeah. his, his numbers were probably better than Mike Trout's or Bryce Harper. He, or any he was guys. hitting
0: – Not an MVP level, but the kind of thing that rarely happens. Hall of Fame. Getting compared to people (laughs) like Ted Williams just by numbers.
1: Yeah. Um, He hit an OPS well over 1,200. You know, that's Barry Bonds, Ted Williams type numbers. (laughs) But... It wasn't sustainable, probably, but once he went out, um, yeah, you had every reason to believe this team was going to be a last place team. And Matt Adams really hit, and other people started to come around, and defying all the odds they actually improve while Freeman was out and then he comes back um
0: comes so back
1: as the third baseman
0: the situation
1: <laughs> on I'd almost forgotten that little yeah. episode
0: <laughs> well yeah so the situation on july 9th is you have two big lefty power bats who you're trying to cram in but now you've got Freddie Freeman and Matt Adams that's a change to the lineup right dur Arte comes on as i mentioned earlier remember Matt Kemp hadn't fallen apart yet
1: Yeah, Matt Um, Kemp had a good first half.
0: Nick Marcakis, as was our running joke on this podcast all season long, had a 100 OPS plus, according to Baseball Reference, every time we checked. That's who he is. I mean, sometimes it was 99, sometimes it was 101, but usually it was 100. And you think, okay, Fulty's doing well. If Tehran comes around, Newcomb's solid, you can start to see where this team improves. Right. And after the All-Star break... They face the Diamondbacks at home and sweep them. They are 45 and 45. that was the
1: high point of the season. Absolutely.
0: Then they get swept by the Cubs in three at home, which was terrible. Yeah. Then, when I saw them live here in Los Angeles, they took the first two games against a team that, like, hadn't been
1: beaten in a month. Yeah. The Dodgers were on that just unreal uh, stretch where they won pretty much every game for a month, except when they played the Braves.
0: Right. And uh, Fulty got a win. And then I was at the game where Jaime Garcia beat Alex Wood, not only by outpitching him, but by hitting a grand slam.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Now, what's interesting is the Braves at this point never had a chance at the division. Uh, Right. On Friday, July 21st. Great. Yeah. They were 10 games back, but they were 47 and 48. They were in contention for the wild card. In fact, Jaime Garcia wasn't supposed to start that game. He was supposed to have been traded to the Twins the day before. Oh, right. And then that got pulled back for reasons that I'm still not sure on because that trade would then be made. But, I mean, I don't know if the high water mark was being 45 and 45 after the sweep of Arizona or like a week later. Being oh, I
1: 47 think it might have been 48. a week later because they're still in it. They've just beaten the best team in baseball two in a row. Um, we talked that, you know, the very next day and. I was still skeptical that they were a a postseason contender. And the big issue at that point, because we're still in July at that point, do they start trading prospects to really make a run at the wild card this year, Um, as opposed to the opposite, which was trading people like Garcia. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of criticism. Oh, they can't trade Garcia. They got a chance for the postseason.
0: And then they had a week until the trade deadline and proved in that week they should not (laughs) trade prospects.
1: Yeah. And in the long run, that's probably all for the best. Yeah. Wouldn't you feel pretty sick right now if they traded away two or three of their top oh, yeah. ten prospects uh, for somebody just to try to win in August and September? Because it wasn't going to happen anyway.
0: <laughs> because again, on July twenty-first they were forty-seven and forty-eight. On August first they were forty-eight and fifty-seven. This thing was
1: done. That yeah, that took care of that. That yeah. It didn't get better; they got worse. I mean, they they didn't completely fall apart, but they had a pretty lousy August and September also.
0: But they did trade Jaime Garcia um, after the non-waiver deadline. They ended up trading Brandon Phillips. We do not need to talk about who they got back. wasn't that kind of a thing.
1: I didn't remember they got anybody, (laughs) but obviously.
0: How could you forget about Huascar Noah?
1: Oh, that's right. He he may even be good, but but that wasn't the point. The point was to, to bring up young Mr. Albies. But,
0: you know, this became where the Braves are going. Dansby Swanson and, and to was my sent down mind, the Braves second. were a
1: much more interesting team to watch in August and September, even though they weren't as good. Um, because you know, we've known all along, right now, they weren't gonna win anything with that bunch of thirty year old and forty year old veterans to amount to anything. It's it's the youth we needed to see. And we did. You know, they they decided to bring up Albies. I mean before they got rid of Phillips, they moved Phillips just so Albies could play every day. Um Swanson came back up um, after the injury to Camargo and all of a sudden started looking a whole lot better. Uh, they called up a couple of more young pitchers. Um, you know, Lucas Sims got some starts and then they, they turned to Luis Gojara. Um, again, the results weren't as good on the field overall, but um, it, that, that's more what, what I've been wanting to see all along.
0: And I think, you know, if you think of this team as at the end of the year, Flowers and Suzuki behind the plate, Freddie Freeman at first, Ozzy Albies at second, Rio Ruiz or Johan Camargo at third, Dansby Swanson at short. The outfield's still a problem, but you also still have Ender Inciarte, Uh Nick Marcakis doing his league average hitter routine, and they were going with a weird combo of lane adams and jace peterson which made well
1: that's sense, that's but. a much younger team at that point that, that's kind of what i'm saying um and,
0: and do you know who the last five better. starters were nukem tehran gohara sims freed i'm not sure it's right. a better rotation but it's got more upside it's more interesting and there are more arms on the way yeah, that's my point
1: yeah um Several of those guys may never make it as Major League pitchers, but let's try and see if they can since they're not competing anyway. Um, on the other hand, um, it's frustrating to think. If there was a lot more excitement when they swept the Diamondbacks and then they beat mm-hmm. the Dodgers, um, and it's it's hard to maintain interest in a team that loses most of the time, <laughs> but especially since this is the fourth year in a row with a losing record, which most Atlanta fans, at least Atlanta fans your age and younger, uh, had no experience of, that, that kind of consecutive losing.
0: Well, streak. Atlanta Braves fans, if you've been a Hawks fan in that time, you actually know well, the feeling. If you're an Atlanta fan, you know
1: it. Yeah.
0: Um, if you're a Falcons fan, you're used to the roller coaster. Uh, right. But it, the thing that I think the end of the season, we did feel weirdly hopeful about the future because you saw the young guys. Yeah. And even though they weren't necessarily playing great, it, it was sort of exciting that, you know, I mean you were talking about Luis Gahara being really fun to watch and up well, he also had a four nine one ERA in five games. I mean that's not setting yeah. the world on fire.
1: He had flashes where he looked yeah. great and then he had a couple of stretches his very first start. He, you know, he, he was overcoming a pretty bad ERA after his first start, but he looked mm-hmm. really good a few times. Um
0: Sean Newcomb had, you know,
1: had a I, weirdly hopeful I, I like the way you put that. Um I'm not all the. I'm not somebody who, you know, is just in love with our prospects. And of course, as soon as they all get up, we'll be the best team in baseball. Um, I've, I've been doing this following baseball way too long to have that kind of faith in, in young prospects, especially young pitchers. But they have so many of them that we've been hearing about for the last couple of years. Um, that's what this team's future is based on. They're not going to spend a lot of money on free agents, and even if they did, I'm not sure who's out there that would make that much difference. Um, they might trade some of these prospects for proven major leaguers. We can talk about that in a later podcast. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole point of this exercise in misery the last three years was to build up a great farm system with lots of prospects. And I'm at least open-minded to see, well, maybe some of them will turn out. And if three or four of the pitchers turn out to be as good as their upside, they've got you know one of the best starting staffs in baseball. And if none of them do, they'll stay in last place for many years to come. So. It really does come down to the pitchers.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a few questions uh, kind of off the top of my head, uh, just that we have not planned, which because if I I had, I I, would have gotten a different thing. Well,
1: then I'll answer off the top of my head, which I'm always glad to do. Uh,
0: Who was the Braves' MVP in 2017?
1: Well, Freeman was their best player. Um, If you like that kind of intangible MVP stuff, that their record was every bit as good when he was out for six weeks as it was when he was in. So that's a silly way to look at it. But if what you if what you mean is who is the Braves' play, best player, of course it was Freddie Freeman. Freddie is a he is still one of the, he is one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, much better than I thought he would be three years ago. He's put it to another level. Um, but you could, having said that, you could make an argument. Um, in fact, maybe their best position was catcher. Vis a vis the rest of the year, their, their dynamic duo put together an offensive season that was as good as any team's catchers in baseball. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, that will that couldn't possibly be repeated. But that was, I think, the biggest surprise of the year um, that that Flowers and especially Suzuki were as good offensively as they were. Um, and if you treat them as as one player, one position, um, they they were as, they were pretty much as good as anybody in baseball. Which is an odd thing to say, given some of the really good young catchers out there. But their numbers were great, so you could make an argument there. Yeah, a lot of people love Enciarte. I'm included because he plays great defense and he's really good in a lot of ways. Uh, He's not a especially good offensive player. Um, If he hits 300 like he did this year with 200 hits, he's pretty valuable. He doesn't have enough secondary skills himself to really be a good top of the order guy. But great defense, you know, smart guy great base runner um good guy to have on the team I, I really like him but he i don't i don't think of him as a team mvp type he was their only all-star yeah but that's because so those injured. are the three that would be in the running if on that
0: i would say freeman um off the top of my head although he did only play in 117 games yep. i'm not going to give it to a position but i do want to highlight doing this off the top of my head just quickly looking at things um so i'm not going to give averages for the two combined. Uh, Together, Flowers and Suzuki had six hundred seventy-nine plate appearances, mm-hmm. uh, which there were enough DH and interleague and pinch hit things. That's probably more just than just a, a
1: few point. of those. But you know they didn't use them as pinch hitters much because right. they, they don't like to do that with two. Uh, and they didn't play any other positions. But Flowers so, yeah, was a ninety-nine game, Suzuki was in eighty-one.
0: So they they were moving around, but together uh, in those six hundred seventy-nine plate appearances they managed to and neither guy was like hitting for average this is the least impressive stat right uh managed to hit uh 157 hits they got 29 doubles and neither guy can run right uh 31 home runs they knocked in 99 runners which if you see what the other guys on the team had for on base percentages is a miracle right uh <laughs> They scored seventy nine runs, uh,
1: and had if, if one if one guy is playing catcher pretty much every day in baseball, and he hits you know twenty nine home runs or you know, thirty one home runs, I mean if he hits basically sixty home runs and doubles together um, and drives in ninety nine runs, people are talking about that person as an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. That's uh, now it's not quite fair to compare. They to also one, but that's, that's all I'm saying. Right, we, we that, should, that, that was yeah. That was. The biggest surprise of the year, probably never to be duplicated, but those two. Well, were,
0: here's something were really great. that I think doesn't decline with age. Uh, while yeah. they together only walked 48 times, together <laughs> right. they were hit by 33 pitches. <laughs> no one else in the team was in double digits. By the way, Suzuki had 13, Flowers had 20, and limited playing time. <laughs> Bravo, funny. guys! Bravo. Yep. Um. Now a little bit harder of a question: Who is the Braves pitcher of the year?
1: Oh my gosh, um, that, that that is an extremely difficult question because you, you went you went ran through the starters early on. Um, you know, their most consistent starter from day one to the end was R. A. Dickey. He wasn't good; he was just consistent. He mm-hmm. put in a few really good starts, um, but he, he sort of knew what you're going to get most of the time. Tehran was his his most inconsistent year ever when he should be in his prime. Fulton-Evish didn't make the step forward. Um,
0: well, we, we Teron and Fulton had ones. opposite seasons. So
1: at least among the starters, and, and then the young guys that came up were all inconsistent in their mm-hmm. limited playing time, flashes of brilliance and flashes of, yeah, this guy's got a lot of work to do. Um, th- th- there's really not one, and that's why I'd probably have to say Dickey, just because at yeah. least you could count on him every fifth day, right?
0: If uh, you stitched together Tehran and Fulte with their best moments, that would have been a very good pitcher. However, you would have been Uh-oh. left with absolute dreck otherwise, and a guy would have been released.
1: Right. Fulton Ebbets, you know, had, had the one game where he had a no-hitter into the ninth, and he had a handful of other games where he looked just as dominant. But what was his ERA for the season?
0: Four <laughs> so just, seven nine. 7 Tehran my, had a better ERA at yeah. the end of the
1: year. Folsenovich didn't really take a step forward this year in many respects. He was pretty much the same mm-hmm. inconsistent pitcher he'd been in the couple of years before, and he's he's just about as old as Tehran. So I mean, he could still yep. do it, but that he was kind of frustrating.
0: I also uh, like we that could
1: we could talk about the bullpen because yeah. there are a couple of you know really good bullpen pieces in the.
0: But I do like that we got your dog's opinion. Bullpen, but
1: I wouldn't say a bullpen guy would be the most valuable. But uh, both Jose Ramirez and and this kind of, you know, um, were good pitchers out of the bullpen. Yeah. You know, not, not MVP pitcher types, but they were pretty good.
0: Can I ask, do you think that your dog was responding, like, obviously to you getting angry by talking about Fulty or Teheran, and she just barked?
1: Yeah, she, she gets as angry as I do uh-huh. about the inconsistency. I mean, she
0: embrace. watches the Braves with it. you all the time. So I, well,
1: of yeah. course, right there in my lap. And, uh-huh. you know, she, she shares my frustration. Yes. Um, also, she just barks. And <laughs> she, she doesn't, she doesn't even have my patience because you know right. she's she's living dog years this was like right. seven seasons for her
0: <laughs> um no the the key thing about the bullpen is a Rotus viscaino sam freeman and jose ramirez were all yeah fantastic. i did mention
1: freeman yeah, he was a revelation he was really good
0: um he may now, never be again but he was yeah, good this yeah i mean a 30 year old left-hander who's been solid before i don't think we'll continue to pump out 255 eras <laughs> right just me um But Arodis Viscaino is for real. Jose Ramirez is is really good. Yeah. Um, And in fact, I I think it's also worth mentioning that as much as some of these live arms might not really turn into starters, I think maybe if you say, hey, Max Freed, you're going to have two pitches and you're going to throw as hard as you can for an inning. That could turn into you, a really good lefty
1: release. You could say that about any of the young pitchers that came up and got starts toward the end of the year. Uh, that includes, you know, Newcomb and Gohara and Sims. Um, any of them could be really good bullpen arms if you give up on them as starters, and that's true about a lot of the other live arms in the minor league well, system. Well, three of those guys Speaking are lefties are so arms. throw hard. And the most impressive of all, of course, is A.J. Mentor. Yes. Who, um, he, he was absolutely dominant when they finally called him up until he tailed off in the stretch down at the end of September. But his first several appearances were Kimbrell-esque.
0: You know <laughs> that's why... what
1: we've been hearing about him for a long time. So he's, he's somebody to be excited about also.
0: Let me give you the underlying numbers on A.J. Minter. Admittedly, small sample size of 15 innings. Yeah. But he had 26 strikeouts, two
1: walks. Yeah, in his first 15 innings, right? Yeah.
0: He gave up one home run. That's pretty good. That yeah, I mean, we'll,
1: we'll that take will that get you going forward.
0: Yeah, uh, you know the other kind of weird thing about this team is that it seemed like it never all came together at the same time, but that they had moments where the offense was just killing it. Yeah, they had a few stretches where actually the starters would do well. That was the worst part consistently, and then the bullpen, who probably is the reason they were under five hundred in the first two months became an asset at the end of the year.
1: It, it did. It did. Sometimes, except when Jim Johnson pitched, <laughs> he completely fell apart in the well, second yeah. half after being okay early. So, you, that, but that's your point. They just couldn't stay consistent in any area for any length of time. But that's because the roster wasn't that good. Uh, that's part of what I want to get to. That good are going to have good stretches and then not so good, and that's that. That's why we shouldn't be surprised. You haven't asked me who the, who the least valuable Brave was because I couldn't possibly do that That list is so much longer.
0: <laughs> Adonis Garcia has a candidacy.
1: Um, well, yeah, the, the most disappointing player um, overall Dansby. had to be Swanson. But he came uh, because back. Because you and that. I both had such great hopes for Swanson. And it wasn't just us, the whole Not really TV him. And everybody.
0: You and I both said if this guy you know he doesn't need to be what he was last year if he that's true if he hits 280 with a 340 on base and you know approaching a 400 slugging while playing good defense that's awesome right. he wasn't near that at the start no of he
1: didn't do that he did after his call-up in august and september mm-hmm. he was he he wasn't the, the year before numbers but he was close to those numbers you were just saying just now um didn't have much power by the way um he may, may or may not come up with that. Uh, his own base skills were really quite good. I, I, that's what impressed me.
0: Even about when him. he was not hitting well, to be yeah. honest. He walked 59 times while hitting 232. Yeah. Think about that's, how few, you know, pitches outside the zone he was seeing. This was a guy doing well. Also, of course, yeah. we should talk about um, Ozzy Albius and Johan Camargo possibly uh, providing some. Those help.
1: two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Camargo was very exciting when he came up to a lot of people. I, I, I remain skeptical as what a great story he is, kind mm-hmm. of a career minor leaguer, hadn't done that much. I mean, he's just like 23 years old. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's got plenty ahead of him. And, uh, but he looked awfully good. Um, I don't think of him as a productive regular at the major league level offensively, but could be a very valuable bench guy. Um, but he became the regular shortstop. He was playing so well. That's, that's when they sent Swanson down. So, yeah, Camargo was fun to watch. He, he did a lot of good things. But the most exciting thing was Albies. Yes. Um, Albies was his August and September were better even than Swanson's from the year before, which, of course, by the way, is one reason you can't get too excited about him for next year. We know what can happen. But he showed at age 20 um, that all those numbers he put up in the minor leagues, he's capable of doing it in the major leagues. And he d- does have some pop. <laughs> he, hit, he hit with a lot of power, um, his extra base hits. Um, he he just—he is very, very impressive, and he's an exciting kid to watch. And that's, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most over the next year or two, if he can really keep that up. Um, they've got a star on their hands.
0: And you know what? The best player in minor league baseball is knocking on the door.
1: <laughs> he's he's not just knocking on the door. He is pounding on it. It's yeah. about to burst open any second now. Um, yeah, Ronald Acuna, by by all accounts, was the best minor league player this year. Uh, most people think he's the best prospect in baseball because he was. He's he's still just nineteen, and he went you know from A ball all the way to AAA and got better at every level. Um, there is not any doubt that of course he will have a starting job coming out of spring training next year. Um, at least I assume. I mean, I can't imagine he won't. Um, I don't think the Braves are in a position to play any of those, you know, Super 2 kind of games and hold him back. Um, That would be frustrating. Everybody wants to see the guy in the major leagues, and I think he will be. Um, Obviously, he had not seen a major league pitcher yet. So, But what he's shown so far is he's the most exciting prospect the Braves have called up in 20 years. Yeah. Since Andrew Jones, probably.
0: Almost certainly, right?
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I can't think of anyone that even comes close. No. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't the most fun season to follow the Braves necessarily, but I think it's an improvement on the previous seasons, um, which were dire. And yeah. we can end on a note of hope that, you know, the Braves are going to start with an MVP candidate at first, a Gold Glover, who's a decent on-base threat, in center field. Yeah. They're going to have... Um, a uh, hopefully really solid young middle infield combination. Yep, they're bringing back All Flowers that. and Suzuki, and hopefully they can even be seventy-five percent of what they were. That, I'd take that. Yes. Uh, so there is reason to think they'll be better. I mean, the rotation is kind of still keeping. We, we can pressed. talk
1: about that more when we look to next year. The that, that's that's a that's a more exciting, more promising lineup with Acuna in it rather than Marquecas, I don't know what they do about left field. Matt Kemp is not capable of, of this anymore, no. and yet they appear to be stuck with him. So there are a couple of huge holes at third base and left field. Those remain to be dealt with in the offseason, but we'll see. Um, it's, the, it's the pitchers that are the huge question mark. I think they're going to go with some combination of these five or six or seven young pitchers and see who can do it. Which, to my mind, is kind of fun and exciting, but it also means they might not even be as good next year as they were this year. <laughs> but that's...
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, however the Braves decide to shake it out, and of course, we don't know who's making decisions in their front office right now. <laughs> right. Uh, Nobody's in charge at
1: the moment. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: but we're going to talk about it as it comes up, but our main goal over the off season will be to talk about various Braves players, and I still have needed to... Talk with you, but I have an idea of where I want to start. And you might not like this because you don't actually remember this guy that well. But I want to start with Warren Spahn.
1: Warren Spahn, of of course, partly I, because I let's his include baseball Hall of Famers. card. When I first started following baseball, um, he was, I think, in his last year, like the first year I ever followed. But I looked at the numbers on the back of the card, and even then, is like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old. Wow. What a great pitcher. So I would be delighted to talk about Mr. Spine.
0: Uh, he was not ever an Atlanta Brave, but he was on right. the 65 team in Milwaukee. So he came very close. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the idea of talking about these players, we did seasons last time. But part of what gets me excited is this sense of, well, what can you expect from someone going forward? And we're going to talk about some Hall of Famers we should talk about the Braves Of, of, of which players.
1: the Braves have, you know, more than their share. They've yes. had some great players. Um since they've been the Atlanta Braves. We're also going to talk had some about that so great,
0: Yeah, but, we're going to talk about some disappointments, some shockers, some guys that I think mean a lot to the franchise for a variety of ways but aren't, you know, that caliber. They aren't even the hall of very good, but uh, that's what we're going to try and do throughout the offseason and hopefully I will actually have a plan well, in a week.
1: That sounds fun.
0: Yeah. Uh but whatever happens with the Braves, and my guess is, right after the World Series, a lot is going to happen with the Braves. Right. But we'll see. Uh, we will talk about it right here on the Channel 17 podcast. Uh, brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. You can listen to every single Channel 17 podcast, including all of those seasons in review from last off season, at our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you're listening to us on either of those platforms, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, and leave a review, because those are ways you can help us to get onto charts and be heard by brand new listeners. You can also help us out a bit more directly by going to our Patreon page and becoming one of our patrons by giving a small monthly contribution that helps us continue to do this and hopefully expand in the future. So go to patreon.com slash Productive Leisure and become one of our patrons today. You can also Follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you next week.